Hello everyone, this is Chris Hatsuraki, co-CEO at InVR, and you're listening to the Energy Hall of Fame. Today with us is Ricardo Huri, a managing director at LRD Group Lebanon, and uh, also my co-host is Madalena. Thank you, Chris, and good morning. And hi, Ricardo, welcome. Good morning. Hello. Hello, Ricardo. So good to have you with us at our first, uh, very first uh, Energy Hall of Fame. My pleasure. Ricardo, tell us more about yourself and, and your experience. Um, sure. So I've basically been working the past 25 years, mostly as an environmental specialist and on governance aspects across several sectors, particularly in the energy, oil and gas sectors in several countries, mainly in the Middle East, in the Gulf, Africa, in the Caspian, in the Adriatic. So these are the main regions I've been quite active working with governments providing environmental policy advice, governance support, preparing strategic environmental assessments for governments, but also I've been working quite a bit with IOCs, NOCs, energy producers, EPC contractors, and that's more on environmental assessments, permitting, and this type of support. And you have been involved uh, in Lebanon's licensing round, uh, among other projects. Can you talk to us more about your experience during the the licensing round and and Lebanon's uh, oil and gas um, journey? Uh, That is true. So for the offshore oil and gas, yes, indeed, I've been quite involved, particularly with the Lebanese Petroleum Administration. I've been part of a technical, technical assistance that was supported by, financed by the European Union. So I had the chance to really participate in several aspects of the shaping of the offshore oil and gas. And as you know, I mean, in 2013, uh, Lebanon was about to launch its first licensing round. And I believe we're going to touch on this. But unfortunately, again, I believe very much because of the current governance system, that licensing round was delayed for four years. And it only got back on track in 2017 because of the famous missing decrees. Uh, What I was able to do in that phase is that I supported the government to update the strategic environmental assessment that was required by law, law 132, the hydrocarbon offshore law. And that was really a very constructive process with all stakeholders in uh, developing this strategic environmental assessment for offshore oil and gas activities. But I also worked on several pieces of work like shaping a waste management policy for the sector, chemicals management, support in developing a supply-based master plan, and and several other activities until uh, 2018, when uh, finally uh, the government, uh, the Minister of Energy, was able to sign first expression production agreements with the Total-led consortium. And then I was also involved in uh, supporting permitting for um, the drilling of the fir- very first offshore well in Block 4. Exactly. So um, now, uh, Ricardo, you have joined us for our Global ENP Summit. Also, we had the guests from Lebanon to really discuss what should be, I believe, the next steps in terms of the oil and gas sector in the country and how should licensing rounds um, play a role in this same development. So how do you think that this is going to be unfolded within the next two, three years? Uh, what should be the next steps? How do you see it happening? Sure. So so as you know, the drilling in Block 4 was unfortunately not successful. No reservoir was really found. And although there were traces of gas with, which showed that there is a petroleum system, these gas could not actually, it was not in a way that it could be actually extracted. And that was our very first attempt. 
So Total, ENI, and Novatech in their ENP agreements, they also have an agreement for Block 9. Initially, their deadline to drill Block 9 was May 2021, so in a few months. And fortunately, because of the current situation, particularly COVID, COVID has been a big challenge for exploration activities. Many have stopped so far. Also, because of you know the drop in prices, so companies are reprioritizing. Now, Total has a, a contractual obligation to finish this by May. I believe there's going to be an agreement with the government to postpone this date. We don't know till when. Mainly on the basis, of course, of the pandemic and of the health risks of initiating. Actually, for Block 4, we were very lucky. The, the drilling started one week before lockdown in Lebanon. And I recall talking with the officials for these two months of drilling. It was a nightmare trying to manage COVID risks. Actually, in their emergency risk management, they have considered all possible risks except the pandemic. So, total. But I, I believe they managed quite well. There was one incident of an infected person who came from Scotland, was about to go to the drilling ship, but thanks God they were able to identify that he was positive and he didn't go. So, so I believe the drilling of Block 9 will be postponed, could be postponed by at least a few months. So drilling could, might only happen in 2022, actually, beginning of 2022. So that's, of course, not very good news, uh, but it's, I think, kind of force majeure and we, we cannot do much about it. Lebanon, you know, the LPA had plans to launch a second licensing round. But again, because of the pandemic and the oil prices, I mean, and the entire situation in Lebanon, which is not extremely supporting the whole economic, financial, and political situation is not very supportive. They have now op- uh, postponed to an undetermined date on the basis that they want to provide better circumstances for companies to bid. So I'm not sure when it could be. So, yeah, I don't think it would be any time before next spring so that things become a bit clearer, which means that we'll be pretty much on, you know, on hold right now. I think the sector will be on hold for at least two years somehow. I mean, on hold until real activities happen, another drilling happens. So the very first drilling that would happen is Block 9 anyways which now I don't see it happening before beginning of 2022. And if you don't find a discovery in, in Block 9 and, and there are no companies interesting to come in for other blocks, the sector could pretty much stay on hold for a while until the, the, the whole oil and gas situation in the world improves. And you know that the East Med itself is a quite challenging environment. Deep waters, challenging markets to be achieved, lots of uh, geopolitical issues. So... That's that's the situation right now. There there has also been plans to launch the onshore exploration and production, and there's been a draft law being discussed in Parliament. So we don't know if this onshore track could at some point be put on an accelerator path to try to, to make an onshore discovery. Ricardo, if you allow me to ask, how is like currently, as you said, with the with the pandemic, with COVID, with everything being paused, all the exploration programs from the IOC perspective, the AMP perspective, this gives a good time frame for the governments to prepare for the next steps. How is the Lebanese government, the LPA, how are they preparing uh, for the next steps, the next round and whatnot? Well, I don't have details, but I know they are preparing. They are trying to strategize. They're trying to upscale their, their marketing and communication activities to reach out to more companies, to reach out for more possibilities, to better understand the needs of these companies. And this, you know, it's a process that takes some time. Uh, they might also be looking at potentially at revisiting some of the legal terms, 
providing more incentives. Uh, so I believe all of these are, are, are things that are ongoing. I don't have details, but I'm pretty sure the team is looking seriously into how to promote you know, Lebanon under, the very, under these very challenging, not only local, but global challenges. Exactly. And also, I was thinking, because here we have a very good picture of what can happen in the oil and gas sector, what well, coming next until 2022, you are saying. And if we step back and we start looking into the bigger picture, so as an energy producer, producing country instead of only oil and gas, where do we stand and how likely is it that we're going to see some major developments or major steps into that direction uh, in the near future? I mean, I think you should be better to formulate it like uh, we know that uh, Lebanon has a lot of energy problems and electricity shortage. And one of the major financial problems is because of the draining of this electricity sector on the public finances. And uh, one of the hopes of the oil and gas was to perhaps to bring cheap indigenous gas. But while waiting for that, I mean, what, what can be done to solve the, the electricity problems that incurs a lot of financial uh, problems to Lebanon because of, you know, all the expenses, $2 billion per year that goes from, you know, budget of the government. And, and everyone says that the electricity sector is a priority for reforms in Lebanon. So, Ricardo, you just gave us uh, a good look into what is happening into the oil and gas sector. And we understand that before 2022, we have faced some, some challenges to move forward quickly. But I would like to step back and now look more into the electricity part uh, of the issue, because we know that Lebanon has some struggles in terms of um, providing electricity. And we know that the oil and gas sector was going to come to maybe provide some cheaper gas to sort this issue at some point. But uh, for now, this is not going to happen. So in terms also of uh, how the country can deal with the financial issues or constraints that now we know with the public debt, how do you think that this could still move forward? Or what can be a good policy to tackle this problem of the community in the meantime? Sure, sure. Thank you for this very important question. It's not a matter of a policy. You know, the, the Lebanese government has issued what I believe was quite good policy for the electricity sector back in 2010, 10 years ago. We always go back to that governance system that is not working and, and it has to change. We don't like technical capabilities, uh, policies, or, you know, strategies. But what we like is a system that works. And, and that policy, I believe, was, was very good. Um, I mean, it had plans to increase electricity generation through new power plants, to increase the mix of renewables into that electricity production, and also to convert and to have at least 75% of electricity generation in thermal power plants coming from gas rather than the very dirty and expensive liquid fluids that we use right now. Part of this gas supply, there were a number of options, and one of them is by, until we have our own gas, is to import LNG and regasify it and distribute it to, the, to our uh, existing. Some of them are already ready to use gas for power generation and the new power plants. The good thing is that finally this plan to import gas is somehow ongoing. There has been a tender. There was a tender a few years ago that was canceled. It was renewed two years ago, and it has finally materialized into an, an award, and the government is negotiating with a consortium composed of ENI and Qatar Petroleum. I personally really do hope that this will 
go forward. I believe ENI and QP have provided a very good offer for the government to bring, you know, to import LNG, regasify it and, and distribute it. This would be an extremely important step. It will save hundreds of millions of dollars in savings. Uh, it will have environmental benefits by shifting these polluting power plants that are being powered by heavy fuel oil and diesel in, by, to natural gas. So I really hope that this will move forward. It will be a very good first step. And the new uh, power generation, new power generation needs to come online. And I really hope that whatever is happening now in Lebanon in terms of governance change will allow things to happen. You know, things have not been happening and it, they've been, been really um, blocked by a very inefficient governance system. That's very true. And last but, but not least, Ricardo, of course, Lebanon has tons of issues to, to fix, right? From, from governance to infrastructure to, well, you name it. What, in your opinion, what do you believe is required for the country, for Lebanon, to effectively fix its uh, energy issues and move to a better future? Sure. Uh, what we need is to reshape our governance structure. We need a system that works. We need a new political pact in Lebanon, something that works for Lebanon and the Lebanese. So far, for the past 30 years, since the end of the civil war, the system has not worked for Lebanon and the Lebanese. It has worked for other purposes, and it has not really been effective. Nothing has happened. We used to, to complain about the lack of electricity, lack of water, traffic, a, a, a systemic failure of, of planning system. But then it escalated into getting waste into our streets, then into having a complete financial collapse of the country, and then... Unfortunately, the tragedy of August 4th with this major explosion that killed people and destroyed, destroyed half of Beirut. So, so I believe this is it. I mean, the system has shown that it doesn't work and it has actually failed. Unfortunately, um, damaged people to the extreme of losing their money, losing lives of loved people. So the system needs to change. And I really hope that it will change for a better system. And then electricity sector, water, all sectors will start moving towards the right direction. We, we, we know where we need to go. We just need a system that supports that. And there is no way to, to build a country without building its energy sector at the same time. One goes hand in hand with the other, at least now that everything is dependent on, on energy. So, Ricardo, thank you very, very much for your contribution and participating at the Energy uh, Hall of Fame. We will be um, uh, doing a second one uh, sometime in the future to hopefully have better news and, and more news uh, in regards to Lebanon's uh, oil, gas and energy future. We want to hope and wish that the situation is going to change fast and towards a way more positive direction. Thank you so much, Chris and Madalena. I really appreciate your words and thank you for inviting me. It has been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. Thank you, Ricardo. Thank you, Madalena.